Hello, this is Bill Bonner, and it's Bill Bonner's podcast on Friday, the 16th of August, 2019. Well, yesterday we needed to get gas for the car. Well, it's simple enough. But this is France, where environmental regulations have caused small mom-and-pop gas stations to disappear. And this is August, when stores close and people go on vacation. And this was the 15th of August, which is a national holiday. So we ended up having to drive to a 24-7 automatic gas station about a half hour away and get in line with the other sad sacks who needed to fuel up. And the saddest of them were the foreign vacationers whose credit cards didn't work in the French machines. They had to beg the locals to trade cash for the use of their cards. How different from the United States, where there's a pump on every corner, manned by somebody named Patel or Kim, who never gets a vacation, and who will sell you all the gas and handguns you want. Which brings us to our subject, America's place in the world. When the calendar rolled over on January the 1st, 2000, the dreaded Y2K disaster didn't happen. The ATMs and credit cards worked just as before. Instead, America rolled over. At least, that's our hypothesis. Neither New York nor Washington has been sacked yet. Our people have not been put to the sword. Our armies are still unbeaten in the field. Americans still lead passably tolerable lives. But after January 2000, stocks, our most important capital assets, began to fall. Measured by gold, the Dow is worth less than half of what it was, Worth it. <clears throat> Let's try that paragraph again. But after January 2000, stocks, which are our most important capital assets, began to fall. Measured by gold, the Dow is worth less than half of what it was at the turn of the century. GDP growth rate slowed. Death. It. Try that again. But after January 2000, stocks, our most important capital assets, began to fall. Measured by gold, the Dow is worth less than half of what it was worth at the turn of the century. GDP growth rate slowed. Debt increased. Imports soared. Exports slumped. The perversities and absurdities increased. There was a million-dollar trailer. There were no-doc mortgages. Let's try that paragraph again, too. The perversities and absurdities increased. A million-dollar trailer, no-dock mortgages, $16 trillion worth of negative-yielding debt, $2 million sneakers, $134 million for a super-ugly house in California, Salvatore Mundi, a painting for $450 million. We work. What could be crazier? Yes, Peak America is past, and now we are living in a delightful fan-to-bubble period full of fantasy and delusion, claptrap and subterfuge. Nothing is quite what it seems because the price signals have been distorted by the feds, and no lie is so outrageous that it won't be taken as gospel fact by half the population. Meanwhile, America slides. Foreign Policy magazine reports that, by many measures, the United States looks like a decidedly middle-of-the-pack country, or even one at the bottom. 
considered the classic three American goals, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. On measures indicating the quality of life, the United States often ranks poorly. The UN Human Development Index, which counts not just economic performance but life expectancy and schooling, ranks the United States 13th, lagging other industrialized democracies like Australia, Germany, and Canada. The United States ranks 45th in infant mortality, 46th in maternal mortality, and 36th in life expectancy. What about liberty? Reporters Without Borders places the United States at 48th for protecting press freedom. Transparency International's Corruption Perceptions Index ranks the United States as as only the 22nd least corrupt country in the world behind Canada, Germany, and France. Freedom House's experts score the United States 33rd for political freedom, while the variety... (laughs) Let's try this whole paragraph again. This is still a quote from, from foreign policy. What about liberty? Reporters Without Borders places the United States at 48th for protecting press freedom. Transparency International's Corruption Perceptions Index ranks the United States as only 22nd of the least corrupt countries in the world, behind Canada, Germany, and France. Freedom House's experts score the United States 33rd for political freedom, while the Varieties of Democracy Project puts the quality of U.S. democracy higher at 27th. As for happiness, the World's Happiness Report places America at 19th, just below Belgium. Well, the U.S. stock market managed a weak bounce yesterday after the Feds reported decent numbers for consumer spending. But if you're counting on consumer spending to keep the expansion going, you're going to be a little disappointed. Household debt has gone from 35% of income in 2000 to nearly 44% today. Dragging so much heavily. Let's try that paragraph again, too. The U.S. stock market managed a weak bounce yesterday after the Feds reported decent numbers for consumer spending. But if you're counting on consumer spending to keep the economy in expansion mode, you're likely to be disappointed. Household debt has gone from 35% of income in 2000 to nearly 44% today. Dragging so much heavy baggage from past spending, it's very hard for consumers to do much future spending. And many households live only a single paycheck from disaster. Earlier this year, Go Banking Rates reported that 62% of households had less than $1,000 in savings. About half of them had no savings at all. And a report from Forbes tells us that more than four out of every 10 American adults didn't have enough money after paying their bills, so they skipped a vacation, a restaurant meal, or another recreational activity during the past year. Skipping a vacation was the most popular choice. 42% of respondents to the bankrate.com survey decided not to take a vacation with at least one overnight stay since July 2018. Well, here in Europe, vacations are compulsory. The Frenchman gets about five weeks of paid vacation every year, along with 11 public holidays, and only works 35 hours per week when he's on the job. 
and woe to the company that lets its employees work too much. Inspectors come by to check, and they can levy heavy fines. Not that we approve of this. It's none of the Fed's business how much people work. But it's just one of many signs of America's decline. Compared to much of the rest of the world, Americans work longer hours and get less for it. Americans put in more time on the job than the British, the French, the Germans, or any other advanced economy. But it doesn't take them very far. The median wealth per adult in the U.S. is only $61,000. That puts this median person behind citizens of 20 other countries, including Spain, Italy, Taiwan, and South Korea. The Bureau of Labor Statistics tells us that unemployment is down to 50-year lows, but the BLS counts anyone who works more than 10 hours a week parking cars or braiding hair as employed. Since 2000, almost all new jobs have been created in low-paying service industries or in low-productivity government. Restaurants, pizza delivery, let's try that paragraph again. Since 2000, almost all the new jobs that have been created were in low-paying service industries or low-productivity government. Restaurants, pizza delivery, lift, taking care of old people and their pets, homeland security, things like that. Real breadwinner jobs, on the other hand, were few and far between. They've increased only by 2.5 million during the entire 20-year period. And that period, by the way, was a time when the U.S. population increased by 38 million people. Also during that time, 5.8 million workers disappeared. Search parties have come back reporting that these people have been found lying on couches watching TV or sitting at Starbucks pretending to work on a new startup. Declining workforce participation is how the economists describe it. It's what happens when jobs on offer are so unattractive, that is to say so poorly paying, that people decide not to bother. And adding these things together gives us an average American man with an income nearly 30% below where it was in the 1970s. Or, calculating in terms of the time it takes him to buy an ordinary pickup truck and an ordinary house, he's about 50% worse off. Obviously, these facts weighed heavily on voters in 2016. They were eager to make America great again. How has that worked out for them? We'll take a look at it next week. Thank you.